When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. <laughs> Sorry, I just choked on some water before we started there. Terrible start to the podcast. Uh, hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowance and I'm joined this evening by Matt Kendrick earlier than ever because I've got back in record time this afternoon from Villa Park. Aston Villa 2, Brighton 0, Stephen Gerrard's 100% win ratio. Uh, what a lovely afternoon at Villa Park, Matt. Well, you might have choked, mate, but um, Stephen Gerrard's slippy villains, as I think I've seen them called on social media, uh, certainly didn't choke. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was um, very similar to the Everton game earlier in the season where you thought it could go either way. But at the end, Villa's last 10 minutes was so impressive that you thought, mm. well, we probably could have won this by by more goals, to be honest. Um <sighs> I don't know. I thought, listen, it's easy to proclaim, you know, the king is dead, long live the king, in terms of um, the Dean Smith to, to, to Stephen Gerrard baton passing. Um, but I think as much as it was important to stop that rot, to kick the Gerrard ear off with a, with a victory, I think Gerrard would have seen today the challenge on his hands, mm. to be honest. Especially, you know, as we've said it time and time again with the, with the midfield options that he's got. But, you know... I, you can't ask for any more, can you? Clean sheet, three points, whole ten banging, uh, Villa Park rocking. Um, yeah, a, a very successful, effective day one, I suppose, in the uh, or match day one in the in the in the in the Gerard 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 in the <laughs> Stephen Gerard Revolution. Yeah, it's, but by all, be, by all means, not perfect. And, and Gerard himself said that in his press conference. You know, there's still lots to do, um, but we'll get to that shortly. Just give me, I know you've kind of just gone through it anyway, but kind of give me a 60-second, 90-second kind of review of the game, if I had to say, right, go through it, the, the 90 minutes in full. Just so I'd like to start this way. I've got to get it out of my system. Look a bit fuzzy now, now you've, now you've <laughs> gone in the close upon me. Um, yeah, I thought it was... <sighs> Bright, a bright opening start. I thought um, McGuinness looked really lively for the first <laughs> fifteen minutes. I think Brighton probably came for a draw and used the ball well enough to frustrate Villa and slowed the game down. Along with the help of Anthony Taylor, I thought was um, well dodgy. Um, Taylor least. I think um, yeah, it, it was one of those ones where you thought, are we going to be are we going to be frustrated? Obviously, Martinez has made. A couple of good good saves first half. You'd probably say that after the first ten minutes, they they edged the first half. I'd say, uh, and I think it just built. You know, I think it was me as a me as the the the, the fan in the stands, chuntering and muttering away. I thought he, I thought he took off the wrong one. I thought he should have left things on and put what and and take took Watkins off. Um, lo and behold, Watkins goes and conjures up um, you know a brilliant breakthrough goal. Um, He's made the call to put Ashley Young on. I thought Ashley Young, the way he set up the goal uh, and brought the ball out was probably the moment of quality that the game mm-hmm. was lacking Agreed. from a Villa point of view up until then. Um, and yeah, after that, it just, you know, it probably could have been three or four in the last couple of couple of minutes. Obviously, um, 
Leon Bailey's had, had that that effort on goal that's been palmed away. And then Watkins, rather than burying it, has done a step over, I think, and complete air kick. But it was just so, so important for 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 this new era to start with a win because it was re- it's a really weird sensation today because we've said before that the former manager's not been chased out the door. It's normally, you normally have a situation where people are glad to see the back mm. of, of the former manager and I, I don't think that was the case. Um, so Gerard had to come in against the back. You know, the, it wasn't like, you know, in previous manager changes, it's been kind of night and day. We got fed, really fed up with that bloke, the new bloke, clean slate, go in, go and run with it. And I think for the first half, well, for the first, yeah, I felt it was a little bit subdued at times mm-hmm. um, at Villa Park for for that very reason. And I was also, uh, I know this is a long ninety second answer. Um, I was also, it was very Stephen Gerrard the way that he didn't want a big announcement. He wanted it to be kind of a, an understated. You know, team comes out first. I'll just walk down the touchline. You know, wave to a couple of you, uh, clap to a couple of you. And I actually thought that might have counted against us at first. I, I thought we needed like a rousing fanfare to, to stir the place, but it was measured. And I, I like that. I know we'll speak about this in more, more depth, but I like the way he was at the final whistle as well. Mm-hmm. The way he was ushering everybody towards the halt end and telling people to go and take their applause and, you know, going halfway towards the halt end, but almost kind of standing back and saying, you know, this is the team. This is, this is the team that we need you to support. Uh, I just thought it was a it was it, it was a nice display of how measured he is, and it was a, a touch of class. But yeah, three points, uh, and given you know some mad results elsewhere across the um, across the Premier League today, it's a desperately needed and desperately appreciated three points. Yeah, 100%. I agree with all of what you've just said there. I think there was a stage during the game, 70, 75 minutes, I was getting ready. because I always watch the games now, knowing we have to do these afterwards. And I'm trying to think, I'm starting to think, oh, you know, good, positive start, atmosphere is good at the start, but ultimately fizzled out to a nil-nil and it stops the rot. But, you know, that's not great. And then 84 minutes, I think it was, Watkins starts playing centrally and absolutely bangs in his goal, well taken. I've I've seen it back on my phone on the train since. I think El Ghazi makes a good run to open a bit of space as I was well. Screaming for him to pass. I was yeah, giving give it slot it, slot it, slot it. Um thank God he didn't. Thank God he, he, he also the the um the the way the move started as well. I think it was Nakamba blocked a, an effort in the in the box then. I'm 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 just thinking clear it, clear it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And he plays it to Young and he almost sort of sidesteps somebody and, and plays Watkins through from his own half and all of a sudden you're throwing on goal and and Watkins absolutely buries it, and, and the atmosphere lifts again like it does, like it does to to two fifty nine in the afternoon. It, it was a bit flat at times, but that's you know the performance was flat as well, wasn't it? Like I said, I was very much prepared to come on and say, "Well, yeah, well, you know, the pressing is better in the start, but ultimately we haven't been that much better today." But all of that goes out the window when you win two 0 and get a clean sheet after five straight defeats. It's our first clean sheet since the last time we won as well. So, you know, Gerard himself in the interview mentioned how important that was. So we started well for the first ten, twelve minutes, and then we ended well for, for the last twelve minutes or so. Everything in between that was was pretty flat, really. But you know, I was never massively threatened by Brighton either to be honest I thought it was going to fizzle out to nil-nil and you know a draw is okay but that win is vitally important that you know pushes up the league table a couple of places and now you you start looking at it instead of going oh Christ we're only two points off the bottom three you go well we're only three points off the top half now so you know things change very quickly at this stage still but that win you can't you can't underestimate how important that was this afternoon for, for not only for the, the club but for Gerard as well to get off to that start. 
Yeah, I think so. I think there were some there were some decent performances. I thought Ramsey played quite well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought McGinn probably bookended the game, started well and ended well. I think, I think McGinn's McGinn's performance was reflective of Villa as a whole. I think he started well and ended well. The middle yeah. period, I, I don't really remember him doing a fat lot. I saw just before we started, someone said McGinn, man of the match in the comments. And I was thinking, yeah, he had some good spells, but that middle section, I, I don't think he was great. But again, the whole team weren't brilliant really for the, for the majority of that game. And... You know, we wanted to see a better performance. And I think, you know, like we said, for the start and the end of the game, we we have seen a better performance. But, you know, everyone's saying, well, you know, if we played better, but the result's not quite there, that's still encouraging. I kind of feel like the other way around now, the win was more important than, than the whole performance to an extent. I think so, because, you know, as the, as the new manager, he wants his players and he wants the supporters to buy into what he's, what he's mm. doing now. There wasn't that much. I don't know. We will get we'll get Pat, Pat and the um, the tactics heads to analyse it in more detail than us um, early next week. But there wasn't that much of a change. But how much of a change can there be after mm. he's been there for a week? He's probably only held two training sessions with the whole group because with everybody returning from international breaks. Uh, and you know, it was a little bit flat. The people sitting around me at half time, and I was chatting to the guys around me and just saying that he can only deal with what he's got. Yeah. Can't he really? He, you know, he, we know he's limited in areas of the pitch. We know that Villa probably need another left back, possibly another centre half. We know they definitely need some midfield reinforcements. So to get a win, to conjure that up from a group that's been, you know, fragile confidence with five defeats in a row, and to 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 summon that up straight away and to do it in a fairly understated way I think you know Gerard will have there'll probably be times when Villa will play better than they did today and the result won't won't go yeah. won't won't go our way but I think that the things that he's done so far have been very measured um mm-hmm. you know you can see the guys fiercely ambitious we know that we've known Stephen Gerard for the last you know 25 years um <laughs> what he's you know the kind of the kind of winner and top kind of competitor he is, but I don't know. I don't don't want to start eulogising him too much and overplay three <laughs> points. But I like the cut of his jib. I like I like the fact that he can be statesmanlike. He can be this real big strong personality, but do it in this like I say this measured, understated way. So yeah, really really cracking start. Um, and a long mate continue. Well, I'm only getting carried away. I, Villa tweeted a picture of him on full time, and I quote tweeted it saying, I'm going to call my firstborn Stephen. I don't think the missus would agree with Stephen, and it's not a great name, but I'm all, I'm all for Stephen Gerard as my first first child's name at some point. Why don't you call it Gerard? Gerard Rowlinson, mate. He's got a really you, kind of classy. Did you know that the G in PGR for Pat Rowe stands for Gerard? That's that's all that is. He just made that up. That's what he told me. I think it's only one R, but he said no. his parents always told him it was after Steve and Gerard. I don't know why. I don't, I don't think there's any Liverpool links in his family, but he told me the G stands for Gerard. So no, he said he, he said it stood for Gabby a couple of years ago. So <laughs> he's just got a, an ever moving middle name. Yeah, I just offended potentially some part of the chat here. Someone just said, "Oh, my name's Stephen." I just said it's not a great name. Yeah, apologies for that. <laughs> I just wouldn't pick it. Um, yeah, I like. Um, Oh, this is such a... Uh, we'll try and go through the game in order, but I'm not going to hear. His touchline mannerisms as well, or his touchline manner for the goals, his celebrations. 
I love all that. It's very kind of man, man down the pub to, to look at that and go, oh, yeah, that, that's great. But that's what this part of the podcast is anyway. And yes, you want your football manager to be a good manager and be tactically astute and make good decisions and win football games. But in running down the touchline when we score a goal, that's what you want to see, is it, when, you, when you're in the stadium as a fan? His first celebration for the first goal, he turned around and he's fist bumping and I'm down low at Trinity anyway. And he, he's looking right at me and I'm, lo- I'm looking at him like, yes, oh, I, I'm, 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 I'm too fair. The bromance has started. I'm You'll be right. chasing him out the door if we lose. <laughs> Match, I'm looking him kid. straight in the eye, me and Stephen are having a lovely connection. Um, but well, he know, waved to me actually because I was high in Trinity. So when he, when he came down, the, the, exactly. there's three of us in this relationship. Um, um, but like we, you know, we've seen things like that from Tim Sherwood previously, in, in, going back to managers for, for Mario, yeah, stuff like that. And you love all that, but you know, Tim Sherwood was a well, he wasn't a brilliant football manager, was he? <laughs> Evidently, since he's not managed since, and you, you do need that blend of it. But you know that side of it when he, you know, during the games, goal celebrations, and, and his manner on the touchline, I love all that. But you know, he has got the, the other side of it that in his post-match interview, he's completely serious and completely professional, and you can tell how how much of a winner he is. And you know, he, he seems to have you know we've got a one-game sample at this point, but he's got that seems to have that perfect blend of. I feel like he and this is, getting way code ahead of myself here, but. I feel like already he gets the club. And I know you meant. I think you mentioned that maybe on the last episode that he's got to start. You know, he's got to understand what Aston Villa is and how much of a big deal it is to manage it. And I, I feel like he's got got Villa already. I don't know how to explain how I feel like that. But just watching him today on the touchline, you know, I'm watching him as much as the match at times. I just feel like he understands it already. What it what it takes to be Villa manager. And like you said, it could be all very different at the end of the season when we've been relegated. But today and today only. Stephen Gerrard gets Aston Villa, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to take, well, a few more results like that and he'll probably get Aston Villa and Aston Villa will probably get him. I just think he's a measured grown-up. You know, as a player, you know, he got into a few scrapes, didn't he? And he's had to learn and mature as he's gone along. But he knows, he knows that to get a Premier League job, even with the name that he carries, I don't mean Stephen, I mean Stephen Gerrard, he knows that to get a Premier League job at that age, it's a privilege and it's mm. and it's a big opportunity. So I don't think it's in his character to, you know, come out and, you know, give it the big one or whatever. It's a bit of a cliche, but actions speak louder than words. And he knows that whatever he says and does, if Aston Villa don't win enough football matches, that name will count for nothing. He'll yeah, just be another statistic, if you like, um, who's booted out a job quite quickly. So, and like I he said as we... well, like you know, it's very much easier for us to get carried away as fans on a podcast because in the euphoria of a win, because we're not won for six weeks. So yeah, I'm going to drink in every moment of it. But he said, you know, we need to be better. There's still things we need to fix. The next few training sessions will be absolutely crucial for what we need to do, and that's how he has to be. You know, he's not going to get carried away with one win. He did mention the clean sheet, which I thought was a, a nice touch as well, because that's also important to him to kind of build from the back. Um, just going back to try and keep it in some kind of order, what did you think of the team uh, lineup, by the way? Because I tweeted, like, I don't really know what else he could have done, to be honest, but you know, he wanted to go 4 through 3 Ings is back in there, Watkins out on the left. It feels very light. I wasn't even sure the camera would be available. Um, what did you make of that lineup? Again, what, what's he got to play with? Really, you know, he could have he could have perhaps left Watkins out and gone with gone with Bailey potentially, or left Buendia out and gone with Bailey. Um, other than that, you know, you know, Sanson's back from Disneyland and he's not not yeah. as a well, with Sanson. I thought he was totally out, and then I get to Villa Park and realise him, him strolled around on the pitch and on the bench. 
Yeah, I don't know. But he, he, he wasn't going to start him, was he? Because he's clearly not fit enough to go from doing nothing to, to starting a game. So I don't know what he could have done in terms of changes. He probably could have played Ashley Young at left-back because, to me, Matt Target is still you know, short of confidence or whatever it is, he's still possibly the weak link. Uh, I thought he was all right at times, did I? He was all right. I'm just just thinking, what else could he have done? Mm -hmm. He could have made a couple of changes in those places. Uh, Chatting with me, nephews on the car on the way here, saying, well, what will he? He's obviously going to want a three-man midfield. You know, there's only three players available, pretty much, isn't there? McGinn's going to be it. We think that Jacob Ramsey will be it. So where does he go? You know, we're saying, well, could he play Twanzebi in there and give him a go? And Nakamba was okay within the limitations of what Nakamba is. I thought Nakamba was. I thought Nakamba was pretty good today. I thought he was good at the job he's asked to do, which is break up the play and pass it on to, to more talented attacking footballers. I think there was a few times he was given the ball with barely any space to do anything with it, and every time I kind of winced, thinking this isn't his game to ping ping little fast balls around, break up the play and move it on and and keep it simple. And I think he's very good at that, and he, he displayed that a few times today. Um, I think yeah, I think that's fine, but as a Premier League midfielder, that should be a given. Been after yeah, that, of course. And there'll, be, there'll be nobody better than Steven Gerrard. That, that knows what has to be in a midfield and he'll know yeah. that that midfield isn't good enough if we're you know if our aims are and I think he said in his post match today I think the the Sky Sports reporter said you know what are your, what are your aims here you've been competing for trophies and Rangers at Rangers etc and he was like the, the, the next ta- aim is to win the next game it's too early to set long term expectations but if the long term expectation is to get back into Europe at some point that midfield and probably some of the defence isn't good enough to do that and you know Gerald will, will know that in time if he doesn't already but like you said what can he do as of right now Nakamba is our best available defensive midfielder today isn't he and I thought I thought he did well today but like you said in, in the limitations of what Marvin Nakamba is yeah I mean I think I think what we'll find with with Gerard is that we tell him on a management course at the moment is I think he knows <laughs> his so own limita- I think he knows his own limitations as well, which is why he's probably got the world's biggest backroom team. You know, he's spoken yeah. about he's spoken about um you know Michael Beale, hasn't he? Saying it would take him twenty years to learn to coach like Mike. And I think that's a sign of good management that mm. you don't think you've got to be able to do it all. You bring people around you, you listen to people around you. A bit like me recruiting you, Dan, any you know, <laughs> imagine you teaching me to try and uh, even switch on a laptop that can edit video, <laughs> let alone to so but you know but there's somebody in the comments that asked whether support you. Somebody in the comments has asked whether you've smudged Vaseline on your webcam because you're so blurry. And I, I look very crispy. It's got misty, misty, moody lighting. Say so, so what that. it is. It is. It's lighting as a as a video professional. If that's exactly. what my job title is, lighting is important. And I've got good lights in this room. To be fair, but you know that's the difference between you and I, isn't it? Well, you're the kind of the, the movie man, Michael Beale, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You know <laughs> these things. So let's come around and sort me lights. Have you noticed that I've done my own top button up, by the way? Lovely, yeah, Look, very smart. And I can, I can just about breathe as well. <laughs> so, just, um, so regular regular viewers of the show will know that my, my weight yo-yo is quite a lot. So I've lost a stone and a half from six or seven wow. weeks at Swimming World. So Really? Six or seven weeks of stone and a half? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been starving myself. <laughs> I was going to say, what have you been doing? Well, we're moving way off topic here, but how have you lost a stone and a half in six weeks? Is it just, Villa losing for six weeks? Yeah, just the stress of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just starving myself, you know. I'm sure there's, sure there's, there's better diets, but not eating now. Just cutting out the crap, mate, really. Um, Apparently, 
you know this big, you know this million pound, multi million pound diet industry. If you eat less and you move more, mm. the weight falls off and you do up your top button. Yeah, very simple. A few people said, "Yeah, clean your camera." Can you give it a wipe? It could just genuinely be. I can't, I can't, all I can do is bring this. Let me. Can you fill for a minute? Uh, I can have a go, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I was going to ask you a couple of questions, but I'll ask the comments first. I want to know how you rated today's performance out of 10. Because, you know, it's by no means perfect, but the result is, is the main thing at the end of the day. So if you're asking me, I would say a 6.5 or a 7. I don't think for 50 or 60 minutes today we were brilliant. I don't think the forwards were, were particularly good, apart from Watkins' goal. I don't think he was doing a fat lot. Brendier also struggled. Um, but... You win 2-0 and you stop the rot and that's the main thing. And I filled successfully. Uh, comments, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 7.5, 6, 6.5, 7, 7. Yeah, 6.5, 7 seems to be about the average. Um, have you just sprayed something on there? No. Where is my camera? Okay. Dan, you're the, you're the It's expert. right in where the middle. It's literally right in the middle of the screen. How can you not see what, where the webcam is? That light is? thing. Yeah, next to that, just give it a quick rub with a tissue or something. Cutting edge journalism here on Current Blue. That, that actually better? does look slightly better, yeah. I reckon it's just a dirty fingerprint on front of it. Yeah, it well, I was going sp- to spit on my finger and rub it off like the way my mum used to clean my face oh, when I was five Christ. years old. Horrible way, but I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm too. Actually, go, t- take the camera off me so I can lick my finger and do it without anybody. Oh, looking. God. What is going on here? All right. Be quick. I'm asking you this question. How do you rate the performance out of 10 today? I'm just cleaning my camera. Oh, no, I can see um, that. That'll do. That's, that's as good as it's going to get. Um, out of 10. Mm-hmm. Six. The performance. Okay, six. Six and a half. Well, yeah, six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. I, think, I think Villa can play better, but I also think it exposed where we need to be better with, with better better players. Exposed what? What do you think has, has been highlighted there as, as something that needs fixing? I think I feel like I'm digging him out all the time. I feel that that Steve Gerrard is going to want his both his fullbacks to be a lot more energetic and marauding. I think we can do it in the right I right side. Right of today. I thought I thought Cash was a standout again. And I thought yeah, yeah. I, I think, thought, I think, I thought yeah, good as well. That's what I'm saying. I think we need target to be. We need a left back that can be as energetic as forward moving. The thing, I, I don't turn this into digging out Matt Target. He's played, played in a defence that's kept a clean sheet and, mm-hmm. you know, played reasonably well, again, within within the limitations of, 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 of what he's got. But to me, you need somebody who, when the ball comes to them in forward areas, is on the front foot and ready to make positive decisions. I don't see that, I don't see that from him, whether it's kind of Grealish withdrawal symptoms or what. I don't see that from him. And I think either... The coaches need to work on that with him and get him better at that. Or I think he's going to be the one who's possibly most vulnerable of losing his play. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, besides Matt Target, let's give him a break. Who else would you pick out as not being brilliant today? Because I can think of two off the top of my head. But I want to see what you say, because your opinion is probably more important. I don't think my opinion is any more important than yours. I don't think Ollie Watkins was brilliant today. No, I don't. I said that while you were trying to find something to clean your camera with. If he had not scored today, like you said at the very start of this, I was when it was Ings that went off. I was surprised by that. Um, I didn't think Ings was brilliant either, but I uh, thought no, no. he was offering a bit more. No, I agree. I suppose that one substitution changes two positions, doesn't it? Because you put Watkins up front and you bring the left winger on, so you affected yeah. two positions with one change, which does make sense. But yeah, that it's the the debate that will go on and on until they start scoring goals together. 
to Ings and Watkins fit in the same team because Watkins doesn't look great on the left and Ings doesn't look great up front on his own either. Watkins looked far better up front on his own than, than Ings did. And we've got a proper winger on the left rather than um, Watkins out there. So, yeah, and Buendia. I don't know how you don't start all that. And uh, yeah, Buendia was the other one. Again, I think you said a few weeks ago that it's, you know, you're just wondering whether we've got the Argentinian version of Carlos Hill. And there is, it's a lazy analysis, isn't it? Because he's a small winger, but it just doesn't look brilliant yet. There's the odd spark here and there, but there was a moment where he tried a little flick or something. It was on the far side from from where we sit. So I don't know what he was quite doing, but he, he lost possession when he should have just, it felt like he should have just took a touch and, and kept it simple. And there was a little stoppage in play after that. And Michael Beale was having a big discussion with him off the back of that. And he did seem to be, you know, a little, you know, kind of kicked into gear a little bit after that. Somebody just said there he's trying too hard, I think. It could be that. Every time he's come off, he's been punching the dugout or storming off and all these different things that you see. And that's frustration in himself, more than frustration with being substituted, I think. But he's got to do better, hasn't he, for a man that costs 38 million? So that's, I think that's weighing heavily on him. Because to me, and again, it's me, being a, me being a miserable a miserable sod, but that's the mo- he's the most expensive player in Aston Villa, we've paid more for him than anybody mm. ever. And there is pressure. He's only a human being, isn't he? And he's still, you know, he's still getting used to the league. And you know, he's coming to sign for Dean Smith's Aston Villa. And ten games later, he's playing for Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa. He's not been fully fit. He's played on the right. He's played at ten. It's been very disjointed for him. So. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can still come good because you know, the scouts don't recommend you sign somebody for 38 million if they're not anywhere near that level. So there's there's clearly a player in there. It's just I don't know how much longer we can wait for him to show how good he is because you know we've kind of said if you don't work hard for this side, then I don't think Stephen Gerald will, will stand for that. And people said, oh maybe Leon Bailey won't won't get into this side because he doesn't want to track back. And Wendy's work rate is good, and that probably will go get him game time. If, if nothing else, he does work hard. But going forward, he's just he hasn't quite got that spark about him yet, and I don't know how he gets that back until he plays himself into form. But you know, when we're struggling to pick up points, we can't afford to have somebody playing in a forward area that's playing themselves into form. We we need somebody to be good now. But that's the difficult problem for for Gerald and the coaching staff to to deal with, not us. Yeah, listen, he's got he's got a, an impressive enough show reel. Uh, yeah. Including in the Premier League, to to suggest that you know he's not not somebody that we've signed from a different league, and all of a sudden you know the Premier League is going to overawe him. It shouldn't it shouldn't be that. There should, you know there's there's a great little player in there. So John John here says excuses excuses Dan, but what what do you put it down to then? What what's the reason that this 38 million player that we've signed that was ripping up the championship and played well for Norwich in the Premier League for a spell when they were up the year before last or whenever it would be? He's a good little player, but it's just not happened for him at Villa yet, and you can't just put that down to that he's suddenly a rubbish player overnight. I've had it before though, and you know, don't this is with respect to Norwich, but we've had people come to Villa, you know. And this is not me banging on Villa 1982 with the, with the Kings of Europe, Villa, but Villa's still a massive football club. And just, you know, probably a, a, a bad example, but we've had like people like, um, just trying to think of people like Sasa Churchich a long, you know, a long time ago that come from, come from a, a Premier League also ran, if you like, and then just can't step up and deliver, deliver it at Villa. But you're right, you know, Stephen Gerrard will give him chances, but we're going to have Traore 
who, you know, will eventually be fit. Trezeguet will be fit. El Ghazi, you know, came on, I thought, did well for, for 10 minutes while he was on the pitch today. Um, we've got Leon Bailey, who, like Buendir, he's, he's, you know, hopefully there's more to come. So there's going to be options there. So it's going to be a case of you step up or you're not going to be playing much football. Um, but he has, he's been, he has been very disappointing so far. Yeah, still too early to write the new signing, says Des, because of the many interruptions with Smith changing formations and international breaks. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I don't think any of the new signings have particularly done a lot yet. So, you know, you're willing to give him time because he's now under a new manager, but it is a tough fixture list coming up in the next few weeks. There's a question from Thomas, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Thomas Linton, who says, thoughts on the atmosphere recently at Villa Park? I thought it was flat for 83 minutes again. Yeah, I agree. I thought five minutes before kickoff in the last 15 minutes were the best spells and the opening 10 minutes was, was pretty good but then that reflects the performance it was a drab nil-nil for, for most parts of the game and the players have to get to do it I, I think that the um, I think the whole turned have to do too much of the heavy lifting yeah and I think you know and I was, I was sitting the the top it's hard in it how do you start a chance on your own <laughs> do you know cause I'd, sing, I'd sing all game if I could but if I'm the only one I'm a bit like, you know, in the, in the middle of a town centre and you've got some kind of preacher who's just kind of speaking to himself while everybody gets on about the business. It's It'd good like when it that. gets going and everyone's into it. But, you know, like you said, if it's only the whole end, it doesn't really spread. It is difficult. Um, Martin says the atmosphere is down to nervousness. Did you feel like we looked nervous at any point, though? Um, I think that's a good not, word for it. <laughs> not, not as nervous as we did. In, like, I know we played different opponents, but in the first half an hour at Southampton or the first half an hour at Arsenal, um, not not as nervous as that. Um, I just I, I think that that Villa burst out of the blocks and and you know played with a bit of momentum and like I said we got John McGinn who, who was barging into people and sticking his kind of renowned backside into people for the first ten minutes and had, had that momentum and then when Brighton said okay that's fine we're going to take the sting out of it we're going to slow the game down we're just going to play possession football Villa were like oh. That's all we got for now, <laughs> and they had to kind of remind himself to find that level and find that that intensity again. I yeah. think really. Um, so I think that that did affect the crowd to a, to a degree. But I, like I say, I think there's there's more responsibility on on on. We always say, don't it? It's two ways. The, the, if the players show enough, the fans will get behind them. If the, if the fans, you know, show enough, it will lift the players. And I do think. <laughs> It's it's derailed, hasn't it? The plan of what we expected this season to be, yeah. you know, nobody, you know, if you'd have said at the back end of last season, and we know that that last season tailed away, but you'd have gone into this season thinking, oh, you know, we've got Jack Grealish, Dean Smith, we're gonna we're gonna improve in all these areas, and we're gonna we're gonna kick on again, and that's we've had to readjust several times across the course of the last few months, and so. We're not going to be full pelt. We're not going to be all off our seats all the time. But I do think, like I said, I do think that, you know, that everybody's got, got a responsibility. You know, I'd love to see, I'd love to see a, a chant properly started in the Trinity or North Stand or, or, or the Witten Lane. But I don't know whether that's ever been the case. I think we've always taken taken our lead lead from the from the halt, to be honest. 
Yeah, as far as I can remember, it's always been that way. But you do notice it from from time to time. Where you think oh, it's pretty quiet in here now. Like you know what's going on. The, the Brighton fans sing up about you know where's the I think it's something like where's the famous atmosphere or something like that. I seem to hear at some point, which was a strange one I've not heard before. Unless I've heard it wrong, which is absolutely fair. And I we only usually do half an hour on these, but there's still a couple of things I wanted to to go through. Uh, Tori Mings is a discussion in the comments as ever. Um, obviously dropped under Smith in one of the last couple of games that he had. Comes back in. Uh, there was a lot of talk about you know dropping him from the captain, selling him, all these things that that we had on on the last podcast that we did when when Joe was first announced. Joe obviously sticks with him, names him captain again today, uh, scores the second goal to to see out the game on the 89th or whatever it was. Uh, decent finish, to be fair, on his, on his right foot. Right finish for a centre half with his wrong yeah. foot yeah. on the move. Um, that's uh, his first goal for England now. His, his first goal of this season, I think. Uh, I could be wrong there though. Unless don't think he scored. Oh, no, the, mm, did he? I don't know. But yeah, even so, a week where he scored for England, he scored for Villa. Um, so again, just your your thoughts quickly on, on Mings, because from a defensive point of view as well, it's not just the goal that will you know, boost his rating a bit this week. I thought defensively, he looked, he looked good as well. Yeah, there was um, Brighton fans gave him a little bit of stick, didn't they? I think there was a time where he miscontrolled a ball and then panicked and stuck it out for a throw-in rather than or, or tried to put it down the line. I thought... I noticed that I was going to ask, I'll get to this and ask people in the comments in a minute, but about the differences that we noticed about Villa today. I, I thought, was going to ask you that as well. That's interesting. I thought um, I thought Mings didn't rely as much on the big long ball down the line today. I thought he tried to tried to tuck it into to target or get it moving into one of the midfielders a little bit more. So that was one of the differences I noticed in Tyrone Mings' game. Um, I thought he was solid for the most part. I don't think he was overly worked, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, there's one more lad plays centre half, so I tried to get him to watch, you know, and learn from 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 centre halves. And there's one time where the, he took like an 80, 80 yard ball on his chest, mm. um, which I thought I thought he's going to hit it clear, and he just killed it on his chest. I thought I like that; that was good. Um, but now <laughs> I, thought, I thought thought generally he was sound. You know, I thought there yeah. was a you know a couple of moments. Like I said, when when Martinez had to had to, I thought Martinez was back back to the Martinez of old as well. Um, yeah, a couple of good old. saves. Again, I've, I've not seen them back. But the, the first one in particular felt like it was right at him, but he still reacted quickly to to get something on it anyway. Um, yeah, a couple of good saves from him to. to yeah, him that was no, no. Trossard, wasn't it? I think that he think he, so. he, made, he was straight at him. But there's another one that he um, still got to save it though. Somebody I, I saw somebody tweeted me saying something like, "Yeah, but Brighton was still poor today." It's like, well, yeah, but. Two weeks ago, we still have lost that somehow. We'd have found a way yeah. to lost against a poor side. I'm not going to make these excuses to say, oh, well, it's only Brighton, it was only this, it was only that. You win, you win, and you move on. And, and that's how you know, Gerard pretty much said, right, next game, we got to win. Yeah, he's just back on Martinez. The save from Lamptey that he made, I've just watched it back when I came home, and uh, brilliant, just races down, races off his line, you know, denies him all kinds of space, and then makes himself big, sticks up a hand and, and gets it away. Mm. Um, can we chat about the referee <laughs> quickly? Yeah, there's a comment here from a guy called Arachnophilia. He said Burnley scoring more goals than Villa. That's depressing, is it? We won two nil. <laughs> Somebody just said about Smith winning with Norwich as well. And like, that's how that's good that he won and we won. Don't care, don't care. We've scored less goals than than Burnley today. We have won a game two nil. Why can't people be happy? I think they are. I think generally from what we've had in the last couple of weeks, you can't really fail to be happy. Um, What's talking about? Oh, yeah, can't fail yeah, to be happy. Let's have a moan about the ref. <laughs> yeah, the referee, poor. Just, I don't get it with the referees. That the, the penalty shot wasn't at one stage. I don't know who it was. I think Cash went down for one, but I think there was another 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 opportunity as well. 
don't think there was much on it. The players didn't seem to appeal for it, and then they all look at everything, don't they? So there was, there was a bit what of a break. Telling us that VAR are checking think, stuff now. I don't know. I don't know whether. I think when they say we're checking it, it's because it's a serious chance that there's something wrong there. But when they don't say they're checking, how do they know until they checked it? <laughs> no, because they watch it. They watch it in real time, don't they? So they'll have seen it and thought, nah, there was no chance there. Quickly seen a replay in the seven seconds or so it takes to get the ball back in play. And if there was something where they go, well, that's not quite right, they say, oh, right, we're checking VAR now. So I don't think you know they're what, watching um, that, to be honest. You know what annoys me as well? And it's always been the case. Um, when they show controversial moments back on the on the big scoreboards mm. and uh, on the big screens and, and then they cut, cut it, it just before yeah. <laughs> What's why? What are we going to do? We're all going to riot. I, I genuinely you know I mean? think that's probably is the reason. Probably don't want to cause crowds. Don't let us in at all then. Yeah. Maybe it's because I don't want to... I suppose if the players see it on the pitch and go, look, we've just seen it back, it was a penalty, and then they all cry the ref and undermines the referee or whatever. So yeah, it just seems I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the blackout that they can't show. I don't know, it's in the stadium. I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. So I, don't know know I think they're stuck sticky behind a paywall on, um, on a bit of yeah. TV+. Plus. Um, you know what's strange about that? Just very quickly. I, and this probably says more about me than anything. But I watched more of... Norwich's Dean Smith content than I did of Stephen Gerrard's Villa content because Norwich's stuff was free on YouTube and I just saw it pop up Dean Smith's first day or something I was like oh that's semi-interesting and I watched it and it was, it was good and then Villa have done a press conference that I had to pay one ninety nine for and I was like nah yeah, well, that's why me and you were on this though ain't it mate rather than our designer suits and part of the yeah. Villa marketing team just, you good know point. what I mean Good point. Uh, just on the referee, it's just they just don't control the games. There's so many times where Brighton were time wasting in the first half, and you think, Christ, if we go one 0 down here, they're going to be yeah. horrific in the second half. But you know, I think their the left back got a booking on sixty minutes or something, and it's like they could have had a couple of bookings in the first half for, for niggly fouls like that. So referees just don't control it. That's that's then just so inconsistent as well. My um my biggest moan about the ref today was, and it probably happened straight from where you in front of where you sit. Matty, Matty Cash has gone and cleared out one of their players with a perfect tackle, just won mm. the ball, but just absolutely, you know, just a proper a proper tackle. And so Anthony Taylor, it's not a foul. He can't give a foul because it's not a foul. He doesn't give a foul. He gives a throw in, throw in to, to Brighton. And then he goes and has a word with Matty Cash to yeah. almost caution him against it. Well, what, what are you I saying think- to me? I think that's because he's kicked the ball away. Is he? He's knocked the ball off. He's gone out for a throw in and he's knocked the ball off the advertising boards and it's gone gone back into the, the middle of the pitch. Oh, I think that's I what he's doing. That. In that about. case, then, Anthony Tyler, immaculate decision. Uh, <laughs> I thought he just had a word. There was a couple the... of people around me going, oh, it's a great tackle, ref. What you know? What are you doing? And I thought it's because he's knocked the ball away in frustration, knowing that it's already gone out for a throw in anyway. That's that how I saw it. You know, I'll obviously get things very wrong sometimes, but that's how I thought it. Because I thought, yeah, oh, it's a perfectly case, good sorry. tackle. I apologise. Um, the one thing I was going to ask you when you said about things that have changed the most, I'm interested to hear your answer. But my first thought was, and again, this might be reading too much into little tiny moments, but we seem to be better in 50-50 balls and 50-50 challenges, I felt. And there was a, there was one moment that highlighted why I thought we were better. I don't know whether, it, I think it was in the Canberra Ramsey went in for one and just... Didn't bottle it, but they had a good chance of winning it and they didn't. And Gerard's there and he's hammering his hand to him, going, you know, get him. Basically just like just hit him <laughs> if you've got a if you've got a if you've got a fifty fifty, win it, that's important. Get possession back, stop stop the play, break things down. And I felt like we were better at that generally in that 
first 15 and last 15, the press was good and we were in there and in their faces. It's just hard to keep that up consistently throughout the game, I thought. There's been occasions where we've come on these and thought, oh, you know, so-and-so had a, a good chance to win the ball there and they were just soft and, and let things go. Whereas there was a few times where I noticed, yeah, Mings has gone flying in there, Cash has gone flying in and you know, they've got to be careful with it. But being their faces, get the crowd roared up into action, those little moments do matter. That's such a tiny thing to point as a difference, but that's how I felt. No, but it's, you know, it's just about intensity, isn't it? Because show that Villa, you care. Yeah, Villa, Villa have got probably not as good a squad as we thought at the start of the season, yeah. but they've got a very talented bunch of players. But they're not going to be. They're not good enough in all the areas of, of, of you know technical ability to outplay, outpass, outthink. A lot of the teams, you know, are above them, unless that they unless they play play with that intensity. So when Villa when things were slowed down and Brighton slowed the game down, what had Villa got? You know, that's why they need to. It's hard. I think Gerald's one of Gerald's biggest tasks is to make sure this group of players are fit enough. A in terms of trying, you know, and I don't know what he can do about this necessarily, but we've had a lot of injuries, a lot of niggly injuries, mm. so we can get our top 13, 14 players on the pitch, not at the same time, although it'd be nice, get them on the pitch routinely, but equally that they can be fit enough in terms of being able to play that that high-pressing, high-tempo game. And I don't think we're going to see anything like that until, I don't know, probably even next summer, to be honest, because I think I think it's going to take him that long to to drill them into his way of working. And there's going to be some collateral damage along the way. I, I think we could sign a couple of players in January, two or three players in, in, in January, and then another, you know, another four or five in um, in the summer. Yeah. Um, someone just said I saw Gerald Prey as a player after conceding a free kick. He just wants more passion. Like I said earlier, when I talked about him, you know, his goal celebrations and, and having that passion on the sideline, I feel like that does make a difference as a fan. I'm watching it, and you know, when you see, you know. I start talking about Jose Marino. They score a goal, and he cuts him on the on the touchline. He's sat in his seat, and you, you wouldn't know whether he's just his side just scored or conceded. I don't want to see that. And yeah, Marino might be a, an elite manager or whatever, but forget that for now. Just from a, a personality point of view, I want to see him. All the coaches together, they were, they were celebrating together. The togetherness looks looks there already. Big fist bumps, getting angry on the touchline. I want to see a bit of a bit of emotion, a bit of intensity that you care. You know, it's a, it's a very basic thing, but something simple like that goes a long way. I think. Yeah, I like the fact he put a bit of a sprint on as well when he left the pitch. Yeah, you know he did. Yeah, took the acclaim and then still got a decent engine on him. Yeah, do you think he's picked those kind of things up from Klopp? You know, getting him to go over to the whole end and that kind of thing because that's the kind of thing that players do anyway. And Smith's probably got them to to go over and applaud the fans and stuff. But first game, all eyes have been on Gerard. He's been the story, hasn't he? Not the players, and that's probably taken a bit of pressure off the players to a certain extent. And then they go and win for him, which is the perfect scenario, really. But he knows he's the story. All the cameras are on him and everything. Calmly tells him to go and, go and celebrate in front of the whole and thank them, applaud them. And he just kind of held back on the halfway line. And then, yeah, like you said, I had a little jog off to do his post-match stuff. Yeah, I think we said, didn't we, when he'd just been appointed that we both watched that. We did a bit of homework and watched that Jay Humphreys interview mm-hmm. that he gave where he was talking about, give me everything and I'll have your back. I'll protect you. I'll, you know... I think there was a little sign of that today. You know, just 
I don't know whether you learn that from Klopp or, or whatever manager he's played under, or whether that's just his personality coming through. But it, it was just, it was, it was like a like a parent kind of ushering, yeah. or a school, you know, a school teacher after a Christmas play, going, "Go on then, go and take your bows. Go on, well done, well done, well done." And I think it was nice because you know, it, it, showing that he's supporting them, but equally showing that he doesn't want to go and and be, the, you know, if that was Tim Sherwood. <laughs> It'd have been at the front of the queue and said, you know, come yeah, on, lads, come on, lad, yeah. come behind me, you know, lift me up and throw me around. But Gerard knew the importance of the connection with the crowd, but also knew his place, that he's got to earn that probably a little bit. And he probably feels that, you know, he's spoken mm. respectfully about, about Dean Smith. Um, hasn't he saying that it's going to take time to kind of build build this kind of bond? Um yeah, it, it, it's just really nice, Dan, to be able to chat to you in, in happy circumstances for a chance. Yeah. What do you think Gerald would have been feeling like before that, that game coming out from that tunnel? And he's, well, we don't know him as a person, but I'm just asking you to speculate here. Because, um, I mean, we've both talked about John Gregory being the last manager to, to win, and he, you know, he tells that story about you know, coming out of the tunnel for the first time, wondering whether he's even going to get any applause from the Villa fans and, and feeling kind of nervous going out there. And, now, that might be some parallels with that scenario that you know, Dean Smith was well liked here. We've not fallen out with the previous manager like in, in previous seasons. There'll be some, still some people, maybe not after a win today, but that were going, is Stephen Gerald a better manager than Dean Smith? You know, have we done the right thing here? And, and kind of feel a little bit sore about the fact that, that Smith's no longer there. If I was Stephen Gerald, I'd be thinking, I feel a bit apprehensive here that maybe this crowd aren't going to support me from, from minute one here. But he, he got a great reception and looked pretty... Pretty calm and considered, really. He didn't seem to get too carried away with it, but you know, gave a little, a little nod and, a, and applause. And I thought it was a nice little moment for him. Yeah, listen, he's he's played in some big football matches and he's yeah, managed, true. he's managed, you know, a big football club in in Rangers. So I think he'd have been nervous. I think in his press conference, he was nervous. Um, I think as much as the, the Liverpool thing defines him, oh God, there's 20p in the swear box for saying that <laughs> word. As much as that, as much as that defines him, he's very respectful of, you know, who, other than, other than that, that set of supporters, who wants to hear it? Nobody particularly, yeah. you know, there'll be lots of journalists who ask him about it, but he's the manager of Aston Villa now. And I think he feels that, I I don't. I might be wrong, and I can't pretend to, to to know Steven Gerrard, but I think he feels that anything that he does at Anfield or has done, that's fine. His name is enough to carry him. But I think he's gone into management thinking my name's not enough to carry me. You know, it might have got me a big opportunity. It's it's, it's got him some big opportunities. I'll, I'll, I'll grant him that. But I think he feels that I can't. You know, I'm not just going to survive on on being who I am. I've got to earn the respect of people, um, whether that's players, whether that's fans. And I don't know, I just think, like I said before, I'm at risk of repeating myself, but he's just very, very measured individual. You know, he just wears this winning mentality really, really well. Um, and I think, you know, I hope the players will, will warm to that. Yeah. Um, just to end then, are you having a beer tonight? I know you're on your Slimming World or whatever you're doing, what are you having a beer? Well, I am. That's my only concession. I'd rather starve myself all week just so I can have a beer at the end of the... Uh, end of the week and my um my son's lad who comes to the villa with us uh, i was in a bit of a strop this morning for some reason um <laughs> so his dad's bought me a couple of punk ipas to say here you go lovely thanks for taking thanks for taking our jack to the game 
Here's some beers. So win-win, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you what, I don't really care whether you want a beer or not. I was just doing this as a, a cute segue into the fact that I got sent some free beer mats. Uh, I think you've got a pack as well, I think, from Aston Brewing Company. I've got them in front of me now. I've given some to my dad as well. Um, but yeah, I've got them here, which are, are nice. So thank you very much for them sending them. The one I like the most, actually, just in terms of a design, probably the player that's <laughs> least popular at the moment. I like the Buendia one. I think that's nice. I'm pretty sure you've got a pack of these, and I'm not just being silly here showing these off to you. But you know, if you are having a beer tonight, I haven't opened mine yet. So I'll, um, if they if they've arrived, I'll go and uh, I'll go and get them. Mentioning um, you're giving a pack to your dad, I've got to wave off your dad today as well. That was that was another highlight from from today's game. Yeah, he texted me eerily during the game, or just before the game, so I can see you. And I was like, oh no, where are you? I turned around. I was saying I was looking for the big bald head shining back at me, and I, and I spotted you. So yeah, lovely stuff. Um, so if you, do, I think you can buy these, by the way. So if you if you're watching this and are interested in them, um, Aston Beer Company, Aston Brewing Company. Sorry, <laughs> should get my plug right. If I'm going to do it. So go and have a search them if you want to buy them. Uh, there's a Leon Bailey one here as well, which is lovely. Yeah, but yeah, we'll call it. yeah the, I think they've done a couple of packs. I, I've oh, got I've Peter Wee and Dino and all sorts. Yeah, we're not on commission for these, by the way. No, we don't get anything for it. It's just an awesome. Well, we do get free so, yeah. beer <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, Shane says, is Matt using an iPhone 4 for the camera? Yeah, we've already established his camera quality isn't great. We don't know why. Um, but yeah, we'll call it a day there. We normally do half an hour post-match, but we've done 45 minutes, but it is the, the Stephen Gerrard Appreciation Podcast. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for your time, as always. Thank you. I'm going to undo this button now. I can't breathe. <laughs> Uh, thanks to all the comments for for helping you know steer the conversation from uh, from time to time, and the six hundred twenty. Bloody hell! Sorry, I'm not going to leave you to it. And thanks to the six hundred twenty four people now that have been watching along live. We do appreciate your time as always on a Saturday evening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday to have a bit more in depth uh, statistical analytical looks at the game from Pat, James, Ash, whoever's around. Uh, it won't be you and me again because we've done our bit now. Um, and yeah, we'll be back again Saturday 27th when we play Crystal Palace for our post-match chat. Hopefully another three points for, for Gerard's Villa. And it's also the day after my birthday. So if you're looking for a birthday gift for me, three points against Palace would be good. Uh, Matt, thanks for your time. How old am I? I'll be 26 this year. Tough by Brown, I don't know. Blimey. Yeah. Get me a gift. <laughs> okay. Are you getting me a gift? Are you getting me a gift? Actually, yeah. the, my birthday also will be three years of the podcast because we started it on my Ooh. birthday in 2019. So Got you some beer, Matt, mate. You can, uh... Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, thank you for watching the Claret Blue podcast. I'm Dan Ronson, joined by Matt Kendrick. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for watching and up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.